Welcome to ASEAN Insights, Understanding Southeast Asia, the premier podcast that examines current dynamics defining the region. Brought to you by the Economic Research Institute for ASEAN and East Asia, each episode we will talk with thought leaders who are shaping the future of the region through research, policy, activism, or business. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Area's ASEAN Insights podcast, which covers a wide range of issues that the region is addressing. I'm Lydia Ruddy, Area's Special Advisor of US ASEAN Affairs and Director of Communications, the host of this podcast, Building ASEAN's Circular Economy. Today, I'm with Dr. Venkata Chalam Anbumozi, Area's Director of Research and Strategy Innovation, who's heading Iria's work on the circular economy. Dr. Mbumozi has had a distinguished career in natural resource management and energy policy, publishing numerous books and articles on these topics. His current research focuses on energy and sustainability, and he leads Iria's work on the circular economy. So good afternoon, Anbu. Can, is it okay if I call you Anbu? Thank you, thank you, Lydia. Yeah. It's my pleasure to join this conversation tonight, sorry, today evening. Well, I'm really delighted that you to, to have you here today to talk about this issue that's so important for the whole region. Um, Southeast Asia is at a very exciting turning point with one of the fastest growing economies in the world where digitalization is taking off and huge numbers of people are moving from low income to a solidly middle-class lifestyle. But there's a dark side to this, booming consumerism, which drives resource depletion and produces massive amounts of waste. So building a circular economy has been proposed as one way to address these issues. Can you start off just telling us what is a circular economy and, and why is it so important for ASEAN? Yes, here circular economy is a kind of a new model of development uh, wherein uh, this resource is uh, uh, restorative, uh, restored, and then more regenerative by the design uh, to give a kind of a, a high and improved value or the maximum value for the products along the value chain. The circular economy is also basically a sustainable production and consumption model that is based on this uh, innovation and the restoration of uh, material wealth. And also circular economy is also kind of a tool to achieve these co-benefits of mitigating the climate change. And uh, as you mentioned, and the circular, there are several imperatives for ASEAN to go for this circular economy model. Why? Here we, we see that is the most of these ASEAN countries are export-led. And previously they have been exporting it, uh, their resources uh, for the value addition are getting for these, uh, mostly for the European and advanced country markets in US. Now, not only they are exporting, and during the last 30 years, they also become a kind of a consumer. That is, you mentioned 
their consumption pattern has been changing. So ASEAN, all these 10 economies, not only become an exporter of the resources, but also they're consuming the resources and the materials. And the second thing is, uh, you mentioned about this uh, middle income trap. And uh, most of the people moved out of the poverty and also, but these uh, countries need to find additional value and uh, uh, they need to find a kind of uh, new innovative products and designs so that is they can become a kind of uh, uh, market leader for the rest of the world. So here the circular economy provides an opportunity. And the third one is also the imperative is the climate change. I think uh, most of the countries has uh, been committed for these uh, NDCs, the nationally determined contributions. Uh, more, uh, most of them are coming from these NDC commitments. Meeting these NDC commitments comes uh, either through uh, supplying these uh, new resources, like, like renewable energy, or improving this resource efficiency. So from my perspective, and uh, this circular economy is imperative, one is to increase that resource efficiency, then to enhance this resilience from the raw material fluctuation of the materials, uh, and then finally to contribute the challenges of the climate change mitigation. So you've outlined why it's so important for ASEAN. Can you give a, an overview or sort of a state of the world of circular economy in ASEAN? How, how's circular economy doing in ASEAN at this point? The circular economy concept may look uh, new, but if you see, look into these uh, uh, old habits or old our patterns of uh, growth in ASEAN, there is a several aspects of the circular economy are deeply ingrained in their habits, in their economies. For example, take the case of a uh, high utilization of the repairs in the automobiles or the electronic appliances. There are some statistics say until uh, 1980s, uh, nearly 60% of these uh, discarded materials, discarded industrial materials, and also other metals, uh, and also the plastics. Nearly 60% of these materials has been recycled in this region, particularly Southeast Asia, where this recycling rate is uh, only 6% in, in uh, US. And in Europe, it is around uh, 13% uh, by, by, by around 2018. So here, uh, there are some current practices and there is a lot of informality in the circular economy practices. So many countries in this region, take the case of uh, Singapore, which is a, a very leading country, they have already introduced this concept of 3R, reduce, recycle, and reuse. Uh, and this, these regulations are very uh, ingrained and uh, certain policy instruments like EPR and the extended producer responsibility has been introduced by Malaysia and also Thailand. This is one of the classical examples where most of these projects, there is a CDM, Clean Development Mechanism project, where agricultural waste has been converted into energy streams and the material streams. So there is some ingredients and uh, most of these ingredients are coming from the top-down approaches. And here uh, in, in ASEAN, we need to find uh, uh, much more uh, upscaling of uh, some of these activities and also bring a kind of uh, bottom-up and the, the hybrid approach and more participation of uh, uh, public and the consumers in this uh, transition to the circular economy. So 
you previously mentioned design. Can you say a bit more about what what designs mean, design means in the context of the circular economy? The circular economy, I mentioned about uh, 3R, basically. That is the principles of this design. And uh, here, when we think about the design for the circular economy, there are three levels we need to think. One is the product design. Product design means that is we find uh, more uh, products that uses the recyclable and uh, uh, reusable type of materials. For example, biodegradable plastics. And then we do have other process where this uh, process design happens. That is uh, at, the, at the industrial level where there is one industry and our one firm can collaborate with these other industries, other neighboring industries where the waste of uh, uh, one firm can be used as a kind of a input or the resource for the other firm. Uh, this is a kind of a process design where we optimize the resources and we find the maximum value for the products or it is uh, aiming for a kind of a uh, zero emission and uh, that is coming out of a particular uh, plant or the particular locality. And third one is that is uh, we need to think about the system design and uh, here seeing that is the entire value chain starting from the producers are the firms and ending with these consumers. And here we need a lot of innovations. And in, in as I told before, and most of these innovations, even these advanced countries in the circular economy, that is happening at the, at the downstream, that is uh, where that is the consumers. Here we need to find more upstream activities where this integrated product process and the system design that need a kind of a, um, economy wide effort to, to uh, invest more on this innovation and then building the network of uh, academia and uh, uh, business and as well as the policy makers. Great, so, so circular economy is working at several different levels from, from individual products all the way up to trade systems, supply chains, et cetera. Uh, can you say something about, or can you share an example of circular economy in ASEAN, either a product or a process, something that's happening right now, a concrete example? There are, there are a lot of uh, innovations, I can say. There is a, a modular innovations are happening in, in this ASEAN level. And uh, for example, and uh, in Thailand, uh, and uh, there, is, there is a company that produces uh, uh, this uh, compostable and uh, biodegradable sanitary napkins, and this, uh, and and I think they are making much more market capture when compared to other, and uh, and basically there is a, there is a, uh, uh, I think there is one company I forget the name that they started as a kind of a social enterprise at the at the community level, then it it went to upscaled it to the to the to the industry level. This is one of the promising examples. Huh? finding this uh, compostable and biodegradable products. Uh, then another example I can quote is also in, in Malaysia and where uh, some of this uh, agricultural waste, that is, that is particularly this forest waste that has been converted into uh, construction materials. For example, that is a kind of special type of uh, uh, brick that can be basically the forest waste has been a forest and agricultural waste with this uh, 
some material addition and then now they have been used as a kind of a construction material and and uh, this is another innovation there is one one construction company and the bio waste company come together and and it has become a kind of a new green business model and uh, there are also some of this uh, uh, technological based direct solutions are happening. I think in Singapore, we found, I think uh, there is one outlet and uh, they have been doing some kind of a customer made uh, shoes. And for example, instead of producing the shoes for the market and then wait for the consumer, it is basically on demand and based on your specifications. And they use the kind of uh, 3D technologies, basically application of this model industry 4.0 technology, technologies to produce it exactly and with this zero uh, waste. And, uh, and there are several examples, uh, even in Indonesia, we found uh, this organic waste uh, can be converted into renewable energy and waste to energy uh, projects has been getting popular and also it is economically feasible. And the fourth or fifth model I can say is this sharing model. And uh, it is also in, in Jakarta and, and this uh, uh, sharing the platforms, basically. That is also part of the circular economy, we can see where we are uh, optimizing this uh, uh, material use and also the resource use where this ownership pattern of uh, equipments and, and the vehicles has been changing. So on the, on the platform sharing, are you referring to companies, the sort of ride sharing apps? Would that be an example? Yes, and uh, uh, that is, uh, yeah, one of, this, uh, one of the subset of uh, circular economy, I can say it is a kind of, uh, they call the sharing economy. And, uh, but we, we did as a, as a part of the study on the smart city, and we see there is a, uh, by, by upscaling this kind of uh, sharing models, which is a subset of circular economy, and uh, we can reduce the carbon emissions up to 17% at the ASEAN level. And, and uh, it is more this uh, application of the hardware and the software. You mentioned smart cities just now. Can you say something a little bit more about the smart city? What is, what is a smart city? The transition to circular economy cannot be completed uh, without including the cities. We have a project on the smart cities and realizing the smart city, which defines smart city is as a kind of uh, application of this uh, uh, IoT or I, I, IT and the CT technologies to improve the service delivery. When I say the service delivery, it is the improving the efficiency of energy, water, waste, and also the transport. Why we are doing it? And uh, if you're coming to this region and uh, by 2050, and uh, more than 60% of the populations will be living in the cities. And this, the cities also, uh, basically contributing for nearly around 70% of uh, GDP. So from the economic point of view and from this uh, social point of view, and uh, then the environmental point of view and where the circular economy or the climate change, most of these uh, solutions will be coming from the cities. So when we say that is the smart cities and uh, there are several examples and, and uh, where this kind of uh, circular economy principles when combined with the smart cities can bring a service delivery. Uh, the first thing is a kind of uh, 
construction and uh, construction sector. And uh, here is the construction sector is, is fast growing in, in all the cities. And also it is one of the cities that is one of the sectors which produces more waste. Here we found that is there is a lot of opportunities by by designing these uh, new products, construction products, and as well as the how we can treat uh, this uh, waste. And there is one area that is particularly improving the construction standards and this uh, use of more recyclable materials, uh, and we can solve this problem. And the second area of intervention at the city level is the transport which is also related to uh, more more for the sharing or the multimodal transport, and as well as this uh, compact uh, city planning, where there is, a, we don't want it to grow laterally, but uh, it is much more of vertical growth with this uh, uh, introduction of uh, smart transport modes, and also this application of this uh, ICT technologies. And the third uh, uh, area where we can, uh, intervention can help is uh, energy efficiency and the water efficiency. And here we know that is this uh, solid waste management is increasingly a problem, and uh, and also this uh, water use efficiency and the, because of this uh, droughts and the flooding. And here we need to find it. Uh, here we can look into that is how these consumers uh, as well as these uh, service providers can be linked together with this advance of the ICT technologies. And we here find a lot of uh, improvement. And uh, we, we calculated that is a, there is a possibility of uh, gaining that is a more than 30 to 40% of uh, efficiency gain in the, in the water, wastewater and the energy sector, in the subsectors. So there is a lot of potentials, uh, the smart city initiatives offer when it is combined with the circular economy principles. Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> well, thank you so much, Anbu. I just have one last question. What is the way forward for ASEAN? What does ASEAN need to do now? See, ASEAN so far, and, and there, are, there are, as I told before, and there are several initiatives. Uh, uh, which is uh, coming from different uh, stakeholders like the business and as well as the policymakers. And uh, uh, most of them are uh, coming uh, from this uh, uh, environmental perspective. And the circular economy has uh, uh, maybe maybe the, the, the terminology itself says uh, one is that the environmental dimension and this the economic dimension. And uh, here, this is where that is we 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 have focused on. Very recently, ASEAN Economic Community has uh, come up with the uh, uh, long-term framework. It is a kind of guiding principles for uh, circular economy, and that uh, aims for uh, resource efficiency, and then resilience, and then the uh, climate change. And uh, here, it has an identified uh, there are. Uh, uh, five priority areas. Uh, one is uh, efficient use of these raw materials and the energy. And second thing is the standardization of uh, products design and also harmonization of these existing standards. And third one is the enhancing the role of uh, innovations, uh, digitalization and the emerging technologies. Uh, and uh, the, the fourth one is the uh, trade openness and the trade facilitation. And uh, the final one is that is the sustainable finance, and, and in, maybe we can say it is more innovative finance. So it has identified uh, uh, so there are five priority areas and also the key enabling factors. 
but at the same time uh, we need to acknowledge that is that there are there are some gaps and the gaps is uh, uh, one thing as i mentioned before if you holistically thinking uh, what could be the uh, future uh, market where there is more that could be led by the business what 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 could be the size of the circular economy at the at the at the region level at the national level and the local level i think uh, here we need much more uh, uh, research into it and second thing is um, now we do have a kind of a framework condition and uh, uh, this framework uh, need to be translated into an implementation plan or the roadmap that need a, a kind of a target so without targets and we cannot move forward and so how we are going to arrive in the targets and uh, how collectively it for the region and uh, how this individual uh, countries can can set the targets and the third one is uh, circular economy is a kind of encompassing term and it has i think as mentioned uh, there are multiple benefits there are multiple stakeholders and there are multiple strategies but we lack uh, that is a key performance indicators so our, our next immediate step should be to identify what could be the key performance indicators and then how we can measure it and then it can once once we do this to camp then we can monitor the progress of uh, uh, this uh, indicators and in this regard uh, iria is working on a project on the circular economy roadmaps that aims for 2030 2040 where different sectoral actions can contribute and we are also in the process of developing the key performance indicators for the, for the region. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anbu. That's great. A very interesting discussion and a lot of food for thought. I, I hope we have follow-up discussion. This last project that you mentioned moves forward because it sounds like there will be some really interesting insights coming out of that. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the circular economy progresses in ASEAN in general. So definitely more stories to tell on that front. And with that, I just want to thank you again for an excellent overview of the of circular economy in ASEAN. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Lydia. If you have any questions about the issues explored in this episode, email us at contactus at iria.org. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming platforms so that you will be notified about future sessions.